What is your name? My name is Marley. And how old are you, Marley? I am six. And why is Jesus better than anything? Because he loves us before we love him back. Being a kid isn't easy. You know you're supposed to be good, and sometimes you feel like you're doing a great job. But then the next minute, you do something wrong again. That's why we need Jesus, and to remember the good news of the gospel every day. Not just the part about when Jesus came to earth, but God's rescue plan from before he even created the world, and the hope of living with him forever so that we can see through every story in the Bible why Jesus is better than anything else and why He wants you to join Him. Hey, boys and girls! I'm so glad you've decided to join me on another episode of the Jesus is Better... Oh, hey, Finn! How are things going today? Well, I'm feeling kind of confused, Miss Alicia. Do you want to tell me about it? I thought God gave us friends who could understand what we're going through. But when I told Harold that I had trouble getting to sleep at night, he said he never has trouble. He just wrapped his joy fish snuggles around him and goes to sleep. And I said that I've been getting lots of stone cakes lately, especially before math tests. He said he only gets stomach aches. We need some larva that's already spoiled. How come I have to struggle and he doesn't? That's a great question, Finn. I've felt some of those same things when it seems like no one understands what I'm going through or that others have it easier than me. I think our story today will be a great chance to keep talking about our hearts. And maybe at the end, we can ask God together to show you what to do. I guess we could try. Great. Remember our kings from last week? Solomon's son Rehoboam followed some bad advice from his friends, and the kingdom was split so that the Israelites made Jeroboam king too. Only the people of Judah and Benjamin followed Rehoboam. But he did a horrible job, because even though Solomon's temple is there, the people should piles on hills. It did nasty things the whole time he was king. Right. That was Rehoboam's story. And today we're going to talk about the rest of King Jeroboam's story. The king who was ruling the other ten tribes? Yep. Remember that Jeroboam had also set up places for people to worship idols. One day, when Jeroboam was getting ready to offer a sacrifice on one of those altars... A man of God from Judah, who had received a message from the Lord, arrived just as Jeroboam was about to begin his sacrifice. The man shouted a message from the Lord against the altar. He said, Altar, altar, the Lord says, A son named Josiah will be born into the royal family of David. Altar, listen to me. Josiah will sacrifice the priests of the high places on you. They will be the children of the priests who are offering sacrifices here. So human bones will be burned on you. He wasn't actually talking to the altar, though, right? 
Because an author doesn't have ears. Prophet said things in a funny way sometimes to get people's attention. The prophet said, "Here is the sign the Lord has announced: the altar will be broken to pieces, and the ashes on it will be spilled out." When King Jeroboam heard it, he reached out his hand from the altar. He said, "Grab him!" But as he reached out his hand toward the man, it dried up. Ew! Like when my mom buys dried seaweed, and it's and it's all shriveled and breaks easily. Maybe he couldn't even pull his hand back. Also, the altar broke into pieces, and the ashes spilled out. Just like the prophet said. Right. God sometimes did miracles to show people that He had the power to make any word of His come true, and so that people would listen and turn from their wickedness. King Jeroboam spoke to the man of God, saying, "Pray to the Lord your God for me." Pray that my hand will be as good as new again. So the man of God prayed to the Lord for the king, and the king's hand became as good as new. It was just as healthy as it had been before. Wow! Now I've got to believe the prophet and start worshiping God. The king said to the man of God, "Come home with me for a meal. I'll give you a gift." What? Why isn't he worshiping God instead? That's a good question, Finn. The man of God replied to the king, "What if you were to give me half of what you own? Even then, I wouldn't go with you." The Lord gave me a command. He said, "Do not eat bread or drink water there. Do not return the same way you came." So he took another road. He didn't go back on the same road he had taken when he came to Bethel. An old prophet was living in Bethel. His sons came and told him everything the man of God had done there that day. They also told their father what the man had said to the king. Their father asked them, "Which way did he go?" His sons showed him the road the man of God from Judah had taken. So he said to his sons, "Put a saddle on the donkey for me." When they had done it, he got on the donkey, traveling until he found the man sitting under an oak tree. He asked him, "Are you the man of God who came from Judah?" "I am," he replied. So the prophet said to him, "Come home with me. I'll give you something to eat." The man of God said, "I can't go back to Bethel with you. The Lord told me, 'Do not eat bread or drink water there. Do not return the same way you came.'" The old prophet answered, "I'm also a prophet, just like you. An angel gave me a message from the Lord. The message said, 'Bring the man of God back with you to your house. Then he can eat bread and drink water with you.' But the old prophet was telling him a lie. The man of God returned with him. Oh no! How could the man have believed him? I don't know." But I do know that sometimes I forget what God wants me to do and do what I want to instead. The lying prophet also might have wanted to trick this prophet because he was afraid of the prophet's words about God's judgment. So the man ate and drank in the old prophet's house. 
While they were sitting at the table, the Lord gave a message to the old prophet who had brought the man of God back. He cried out, saying, The Lord says, You have not done what I told you to do. You have not obeyed the command I gave you. I am the Lord your God. You came back here and ate bread and drank water in the place I told you not to. So your body will not be buried in your family tomb. So God spoke for a prophet who had just lied. Yep. The man of God finished eating and drinking. And the man got on his donkey and went on his way. A lion attacked him on the road and killed him. And the donkey and lion stood beside the body. What? The the lion didn't eat the man or the donkey? Nope. Some people passed by and saw the body lying on the road with the lion standing beside it. When the old prophet heard what had happened, he found the body of the man of God lying on the road with the donkey and the lion standing beside it. The lion hadn't eaten the body or attacked the donkey either. So the prophet picked up the man's body, put it on his donkey, and buried him in his own tomb. The old prophet said to his sons, When I die, bury me in the grave where the man of God is buried. Put my bones next to his bones, because he announced a message from the Lord. He spoke against the altar in Bethel and the temples on the high places. What the man of God said will certainly come true. Even after all that happened, Jeroboam still didn't change his evil ways. What? God had made him king and healed his hand and sent a prophet to warn him. Once more, he appointed priests for the high places. He let anyone become a priest who wanted to. He set them apart to serve at the high places. All of that was the great sin the royal family of Jeroboam committed. It led to their fall from power. Because of it, they were destroyed from the face of the earth. At that time, Jeroboam's son Abijah became sick. Jeroboam said to his wife, Go, put on some different clothes so no one will know you're my wife. Go to Shiloh where Ahijah, the prophet, is. Is he the prophet who had, heard, who had told Jeroboam he would be the king? Yep. Is he really going to try and trick the prophet by sending his wife in disguise? Why going to him when he had to obey the prophet's words about following God's commands? Is there anyone else he can turn to? I guess not. Jeroboam said to his wife, That prophet told me I would be king over the Israelites. Take ten loaves of bread with you, some cakes, and a jar of honey. He'll tell you what will happen to our son. So Jeroboam's wife did what he said. She went to Ahijah's house in Shiloh. Ahijah was blind because he was so old. But the Lord had told Ahijah, Jeroboam's wife is coming because her son is sick. Give her the answer I give you. When she arrives, she'll pretend to be someone else. Ahijah heard the sound of her footsteps at the door. He said, Come in. I know that you are Jeroboam's wife. Why are you pretending to be someone else? I have some bad news for you. Go, 
Tell Jeroboam that the Lord has a message for him. The Lord is the God of Israel. He says, I chose you from among the people. I appointed you king over my people Israel. I tore the kingdom away from the royal house of David and gave it to you. But you have not been like my servant David. He obeyed my commands and followed me with all his heart. He did only what was right in my eyes. You have done more evil things than all those who lived before you. You have made other gods for yourself. You have made statues of gods out of metal. You have made me very angry and have turned your back on me. Because of that, I am going to bring horrible trouble on your royal house. I will burn up your royal house just as someone burns up trash. I will burn it until it is all gone. The Lord has spoken. Now go back home. When you enter the city, your son will die. All the Israelites will mourn for him because he is the only one in Jeroboam's royal house in whom I have found anything good. I am the Lord, the God of Israel. I will choose for myself a king over Israel. He will destroy the family of Jeroboam. So his whole family is being hurt by sin. Right. Our sin doesn't just affect us. And since he was the king, it hurt all those under his rule, too. God also said, I, the Lord, will strike down Israel. Israel will be like tall grass swaying in the water. I will pull Israel up from this good land by the roots. I gave it to their people who lived long ago. I will scatter Israel to the east side of the Euphrates River. And when plants don't have roots anymore, they get all dried up and die. It's like they didn't want to get their nutrients from God anymore, and instead tried to get it from gods made of metal. God said, I will give Israel up because of the sins Jeroboam has committed. He has also caused Israel to commit those same sins. Then Jeroboam's wife got up and left. As soon as she stepped through the doorway of the house, her son died. He was buried and all the Israelites mourned for him. That's what the Lord had said would happen through his servant, Ahijah the prophet. The other events of Jeroboam's rule are written down. Jeroboam ruled for 22 years. Then he joined the members of his family who had already died. Jeroboam's son Nadab became the next king after him. I wish he would have just listened. The story would have to be so sad. And I wish that the prophet had obeyed God and not gone back with the lion prophet. Me too, Finn. Both the prophet and Jeroboam weren't moving forward to what God wanted them to do next, but went back to where they'd already been. But the good news is that nothing people do can mess up God's plan to call people to himself and rescue them for an eternal life of glory with him. God used all kinds of people to speak his messages, even that prophet who lied, and he never forgot about the people he'd created, so that at the perfect time, he sent a perfect prophet to call people to repent or turn from their sins. 
He sent a perfect priest to offer himself as a sacrifice for those sins, a risen king who would rule over his eternal kingdom forever. And it's all the same person, Jesus. You got it, Finn. God still calls us to repent by turning from our sins and worshiping him alone. But we have it so much better because we know that no matter what we've done or what we're going through, Jesus offers forgiveness to all who receive his sacrifice by calling him their king and Lord. God was kind even back then, though, because he sent prophets and miracles to show the people how much he went to care for them as their king. I agree. God's love, mercy, and kindness has always been there from before he created the world. And he has always wanted people to live in the blessing of following him and leading others to do the same. I haven't really been thinking about God's kindness and mercy. When I have trouble sleeping or when I get scared before a test or even when it seems he's being kinder to Harold, those Israelites didn't have faith in God and they asked idols for help instead. And I don't have faith when I forget that God is with me and wants to help me, no matter how I do on my math tests. Do you want to tell him about it? Yeah. Dear God, I need your help. Would you give me the faith to trust you each time I feel scared before my math tests? Thanks that there's nothing I can do to mess up your plans. Amen. You know... There might come a time when Harold does share something with you that he's struggling with. God loves to use our struggles to help us show others how strong he is. Well, I never thought about that way, Miss Lucia. Next time, we'll get to hear more about God's plan. But for now... On the bus, Octopus. That's right, Finn. And parents... Thanks again for sharing this resource with your kids. If you'd like to be a part of keeping this podcast going, you can check out my Patreon page at patreon.com slash Alicia Yoder or click on the link in the show notes. See you next time. Mm-hmm.